everybody, you're listening to The Rope Podcast with Fox and Maya. Thanks for supporting the show. This is a show with adult content, so if you're not of legal age where you live, then turn off now. This podcast is about rope bondage. Rope bondage is edge play with inherent risk, and we strongly recommend you get proper training and listen to episode zero before attempting it. Find it at the top of our FetLife page, Rope Podcast. Fox is a rigger and Maya is a bottom, and we're rope partners who've been practicing together for a couple of years. We're excited to share our passion for rope with you, and we live in Thailand. Today, Maya, we're going to talk about something we all need a strategy to defend against. Uh, We are going to explore drop. So, Maya, what is drop exactly? Okay, well, before I go into all the details of um, what drop looks like and where it might come from, I want to give a bit of a content warning, which is that this is a bit of a murky topic. So as a psychologist, um, I do a lot of reading around BDSM, uh, which I find very interesting. Is that why there's all these books in your bedroom and stuff? There are a lot of books, a lot of books on the Kindle, a lot of books. Uh, physically for sure Um, and what I found is that there's limited what I would consider solid evidence around this stuff there are a lot of opinions um, and uh, more fuzzy um, articles on the interwebs and around Um, but actually in the scientific um, books the evidence-based books that I've uh, read and there's some books on my profile uh, which I'll link to in the episode there's not a lot of stuff out there Mm. Um, so I guess the warning for me is um, just be aware that uh, even the stuff that we're talking about here, and we're probably going to be quite cautious about what we do say and don't say, um, there's not huge amounts of evidence for. The stuff that we're talking about is is hard to measure directly, even outside of BDSM. And sadly, there are not a lot of people doing episodes with (laughs) measuring people's drop um, and the chemicals in their brain after, after drop. So there isn't you know, the evidence. So do what works for you, understand the topic as much as you can, but be aware it's not perfect. So what you're saying is if we tell people that they should sit on a cactus to prevent drugs, (laughs) we can't actually prove that it works. We cannot, no. In fact, there's there's limited... I think the... I mean, we'll go into it in a second. Maybe the stuff we're a bit more confident about we'll talk about, but even that, Mm -hmm. there's not great evidence for. So what is drop? Okay, so that was the disclaimer. <laughs> Don't take anything we say today at face value, and it won't hold up in a court of law. Yeah, yeah. What's drop, Maya? Okay, so um, drop is something that happens after um, probably some kind of scene that you've done, um, some kind of intense uh, BDSM type activity. Usually happens between um, around a few hours and about 72 hours. Um, And it has a similar characteristic to depression. So it's both a physical state and an emotional state. It has different characteristics depending um, on the person, Mm -hmm. Um, but it can include things like feeling cranky, um, feeling um, sad, disconnected, um, having quite low physical energy. Uh, Maybe you can't concentrate on anything or it's hard to make decisions. Um, and you've got huge amounts of fatigue, but you also maybe can't sleep. Um, There might be some physical symptoms like um, aches and pains, um, uh, which are not necessarily correlated to actual physical injury. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And then you've also got some particular types of feelings that people might have. So um, that might include guilt or shame. So, you know, why do I like this? Why did I do that? Uh, maybe. Why do I have a giant handprint on my ass? <laughs> maybe. Or um, why do I let people do this to me? Or why do I do this to other people? Um, there might be some cognitive dissonance in there. So, you know, on the one hand, liking it, but on the other hand, feeling that kind of societal pressure mm. that what you're doing is wrong. Um, so, so Maya, it sounds like drop sucks pretty bad. I would say it can do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say that um, the levels of intensity that people have it at are very varied. Some people never mm. experience drop. Um, other people drop really heavily. So, um, I guess another thing that I would say, again, this is in my psychologist heading, is don't feel bad if you don't drop. Oh, yeah, that's super interesting. Like, oh, I'm not a real BDSM <laughs> yes. person. I don't even drop. I have absolutely heard people not say that exact sentence, but say something which pretty much inferred it. So, yes, don't and, feel bad if you don't drop. And from the top side, if your bottom or sub or whatever the dynamic is tells you, oh, I didn't drop from our scene. It does not mean you sucked and the scene was bad. Exactly. I mean, I think that's really important. That's the kind of counterintuitive thing that you get when you focus on something like this. Um, I so mean, I, I, could see, I could see an ego thing where, oh, my scenes are so awesome. My subs always uh, drop for a 100%, week. 100%. That was my true dumb voice, by the way. Good job. Good job, Sam. Um, I think that you... Even though you're very supportive of my job, which I have quite heavily sometimes, yes, you I'm also dumb, that's why. you also are aware that it's connected to you, and it's a very visible sign of our connection. So I, I yes. think there's some, even if it's relatively not, not super conscious. I, I'd love you even if you didn't drop, sweetie. Yes, thank you. So, um, from someone who's looking at it, um, Fox, what are your thoughts on um, uh, what you see in someone dropping? Well, um, even though I'm obviously a very empathic, uh, <laughs> you can't really see what's happening inside someone's head, so you, you kind, can't? Of, have, kind you can't, of have to sir? talk to them about That's it. That's good to know. Kind of have, I mean, like when they're mooching on the couch the whole day and getting nothing done, you can suspect. But I think yeah. the, the right answer is you have to ask them what they're feeling and mm -hmm. talk to them. I don't, yeah. think, I don't think you can go get around that. Yeah, definitely. And depending on the relationship with you have that person, that you have with that person, mm -hmm. you might need to um, push a bit more. Um, we talked in our aftercare episode, and we'll, we'll come back to that later, about checking in with someone the day after and even a couple of days after. And if you're not with them, you might have to really, you know, just, just check into that a bit more because they might hide it from you for whatever reason. Sure. Uh, shall we dig into the medicine of drop uh, sure. a little bit? Because so, obviously uh, I'm Dr. Fox. I went to med school and stuff. Mm -hmm. I did not exactly... Not actually. I did not actually complete med school, but okay. I did attend med school. So that's a disclaimer. Yeah. Okay. So what kind of... Um, what do we... What, what can we infer this is my caution, mm -hmm. from other scientific studies that drop might be caused by in the brain. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you, you kind of gave it away there. It's, it's quite probable that drop as a phenomenon is linked to um, chemicals in the brain. 
and I would suspect in particular endorphin and adrenaline. Huh? And the idea is that during your play, you get a lot of those chemicals flowing inside your brain. And mm -hmm. that's what is going to bring you an altered state, what some people can call subspace or rope space or many, many of those terms is a mix of a psychological space, but also a um, chemical state of your brain. And all those chemicals, they tend to make you feel good. They tend to make you feel pain less. They kind of like shooting up on a drug, if we're being honest. And sometime after you play, those chemical levels are going to drop. And you, the, all the, the feel-good juices are going away. And what happens then is a bit of a withdrawal effect, like you're uh, quitting cigarettes or quitting coffee and having done both of those, I can tell you, they also suck quite hard. Okay. So it does not feel good. And your body had um, a higher resistance to pain due to the chemicals. And then you're getting the inverse effect, that is even minor aches that you wouldn't notice in your base state are going to make themselves known because your mm. levels have been uh, messed with. Yeah, yeah, that's that sounds good. Um, and... I guess, I guess one of the things to say is that we tend to see it in subs more often, yes. but for sure tops also drop, um, and I think there's less uh, focus put on this. So can you talk about um, top drop? Yep. So tops do also go to uh, altered spaces when playing, mm -hmm. uh, in BDSM in general, in rope in particular. And from my personal experience, one of the factors of that is that as a top you have pressure in running the scene you have a lot of responsibility you need to perform in a certain way and i feel that is very true with rope because rope tends to have more complex scenes uh, where you are going to need to use difficult skills like technically doing rope is difficult um, it's probably more difficult to tie someone up and suspend them than it is to hit them with a belt, for instance, in the cognitive sense. Sure, I haven't done either of those things, so I'll take your word. You, you, you very can. I have done both of these things extensively. <laughs> uh, and anyway, that creates a lot of tension in you, and that is also going to um, lead to heightened level, especially of adrenaline. And also, there is, by the connection you have with your bottom, an empathic uh, reaction that could very well uh, cause you to have more endorphin also. Okay, and by just tell me what you mean by empathic reaction. Describe uh, that for the listeners. Well, essentially, I know it's the case for me, and I've heard many fellow tops and doms report the same. When you're playing with someone and they're at the bottom, the things are being done to them, by you, you get high on their reaction to the thing. Okay, so you kind of feed off their feelings. Absolutely, yeah. And reactions, yeah. yeah. And sensations. Mm -hmm. So you actually have something very interesting where the things are happening to their body, but I believe, and I have no proof of that whatsoever, <laughs> that there is also a chemical effect in your body from the things you're doing to their body. and. 
I mean, empathy as a thing that exists biologically in our uh, neurons is a thing that is scientifically proven. Though. Sure, there's, if people look up mirror neurons, there's some interesting stuff around there, although also a lot of massively over-interpreted stuff. But it's an interesting area for sure. Yeah. Okay, uh, what um, else around top drop? I think, as you said, it is something that is less talked about and less uh, recognized in the community. So, like, make extra, make extra sure that you're like nice to your top and that they don't feel bad about dropping because they may also have meta feelings that oh, I'm dropping, but I shouldn't be dropping because I'm a dumb and dumbs don't drop, right? So yeah. it can it can contribute to making it worse. Yeah, people often uh, tops, not just doms, but tops don't want to be vulnerable because they're supposed to be the one leading the scene. Yeah, exactly. So Maya, I feel we've uh, described uh, what mm. drop is. As just well as an as aside, yeah. there was um, uh, an episode on loving BDSM on mm -hmm. dom drop just the other day, so I uh, will link to that as well, because I think that would be quite an interesting one for okay. people to uh, I mean, listen to if they're interested in that Yeah, more. I may need to give that one a listen, because I do like that podcast. Um, so what do we do about our drops, Maya? Um, okay, so um, I guess the more you understand yourself, the better. So um, as you progress through your BDSM experiences, I think it's really good to uh, keep a note of how you do feel after a scene. So in my rope journal, um, one of the things that I sometimes make notes on is uh, how I feel afterwards. So whether that's about the physical side or the more emotional drop side. So that's something mm -hmm. useful. Um, and then really it's about um, looking after yourself. So the first place that we do that is in aftercare. Um, and we did um, quite a, a long episode on aftercare, which has lots of good information in, I think. Um, so, Fox, why do you think that aftercare helps with drop? Why do I think that aftercare helps with uh, drop? I think drop is a negative space and a vulnerable space. And if you have some human warmth and you feel cuddled and accepted and protected that is going to counteract those vulnerable and negative feelings. Yeah, definitely. So I think that piece around connection is really important. Um, and also remember we talked about in that uh, in the first bit when describing it that there's stuff around guilt and shame and was I okay and was I good enough? Mm -hmm. You can um, check a lot of those things in your aftercare. So in your aftercare you can make sure that you can get factual evidence Actually, you don't need to be ashamed because we had a great scene. I have it written here. <laughs> we talked about it. It's all good. So that can help with um, both the uh, cognitive piece, so thinking, you know, negative thoughts, and then also um, cuddling um, and touch creates um, oxytocin, which is another chemical in the brain, and that can be quite helpful, I think, for... Um, combating drop. Yeah. Again, I don't have massive factual evidence within the BDSM space for that, but I do in terms of the what that chemical does. Well, yeah, we don't we don't have massive scientific evidence of exactly what action provokes which chemical to what degree, but we know empirically that cuddles and connection with your partner and aftercare is helpful against drop, though. 
Yeah. I don't yeah. think many people would uh, say that is false. Hey guys, this is Fox coming in for a short break. We really love making this rogue podcast and sharing it with you. Sadly, hosting a podcast isn't free. Far from it, actually. So if you like this podcast and you want to support us, you can do so at ropepodcast.com. You find ways to buy rope stuff so that we get a cut from your purchases and also ways to donate to us directly. And if you can't afford to do that, that's okay too. Just enjoy the podcast. Now back to our normal programming. So I'm um, keeping that partner connection for the next couple of days, I think is useful. So you um, check in with people, don't you, as a rope top? Um, I do. Uh, usually what I would do, if, if the setting is I'm doing a scene with someone and then they're going away to do their own thing, uh, I would have an in-person aftercare that tends to be in the ballpark of an hour, although that might differ depending on how cuddly and chatty the person is. Uh, and then they go away, I tend to connect with them briefly uh, on the evening of that same day, saying, okay, did you get home safe, are you feeling alright? And then I will contact them again on the next day, at the least. If on the next day they tell me everything's fine, then I'll probably tell them, okay, that's awesome, and if you don't feel good, uh, you can talk to me at any time. And if they describe some negative feelings or sensations, then, then I would probably keep in contact with them daily over a few days. Okay. And what kind of things? What kind of things are you checking in with them? So you said a couple of things there. What else? Uh, well, I'm checking their general state, uh, emotionally in particular, and I'm asking them if they have uh, leftover pain. Uh, which could be a, a rope-related injury that wasn't apparent immediately during the scene because in my experience those tend to appear um, 24 to 48 hours after the scene because well there's a lot happening in your body during the scene itself as we said with the chemicals and stuff um, then little uh, little nice things you can connect on are things how, like how are the marks if the model has some bruising, uh, like does she like them? We can like exchange photos of her marks. So it's a nice thing to connect on, because it's a tangible remain of the scene we've shared together. Those marks yeah. on her body. Yeah, I, th I actually think that's a really um, useful and important piece. That is, when you do check in on someone in the next couple of days, make sure you connect on the positive as well as the negative. Because it's yeah. quite common for people to say, are you okay? Is everything all right? But just as in balancing strengths and development areas in, in life, it's good for us to have positive in there too. Because we have this yes. negativity bias, we're more likely to focus on the negative. Yeah. So you need that positive to balance it And out. there are very few things in life that are more positive than a beautiful woman sending you a photo of her <laughs> ass with your bruise on it. Okay, well that's very fox specific, but I'm sure a number of our listeners can relate. So you can all um, um, put your own slant on that. You okay, can, so you can also discuss little flashbacks of things you liked in the scene, like oh, yeah. like that that moment when I was taking you down and you put your hand on my neck as you were coming down, like that felt really erotic and nice, and like you can share the, your favorite bits of the scene after the yeah. facts, and that's another way to uh, reconnect to the events and put a positive 
view on things. Mm, nice. Okay, and then what about the the physical level? What are we doing there to combat chocolate? Chocolate, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we like dark chocolate. Um, although there's oh, there's a bit of a balance here. I'm, I, I'm I hear the... Maya that you like your chocolate like you like your dons. Go on. Dark and no. strong. Dark and strong. Okay. Yes, I do like dark chocolate. That is true. Um, and relatively intense, which I suspect we would also add to the list of descriptions of my dom. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, the, um, I think this is all about making yourself feel looked after. So it might be that you're a carbohydrate types person and you want to do that. Um, it might be that fruit helps you. I mean, Think I, about... I am not a carbohydrate no, person. If I if I ate starchy food when I'm dropping, I would. You'd die. have a big sleep. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, uh, having said that, there's a pancakes place here which we like very much. Oh yeah. So you will suffer through those for the deliciousness sometimes. Um. So just, I mean, I'd say don't go overboard because if you then have like a food hangover, you're not going to feel good. Yeah, I, I feel like it's going possibly to make uh, drop worse if you eat a ton of junk food. So Yeah, I agree. So just keep an eye on that. But having said that, a little of what you fancy, I don't think, you know, will hurt you. Lots and of fluids, though. And lots of fluids, yeah, for sure. I think it's really easy to misread how much fluid you might need yeah. um, then there's the controversial topic of supplements um okay. so on this one i don't take supplements um i've read a lot of very um not in bdsm but in the scientific literature there's a lot of uh, diverse evidence around them there are a couple which seem to be useful and most of them don't seem to be at all however if you find um, they make you feel better, um, the placebo effect is just as useful. Uh, has sure. In which case, if you're going for the placebo effect, choose a cheap supplement. <laughs> well, yes, except for in studies, if you pay a bit more. Yeah, that's true, actually. There's the attached value. So ask yeah. a friend to buy your supplement for you <laughs> and to <laughs> tell you it was super it. expensive when actually it was super cheap. <laughs> So do, if you feel that supplements help you, um, and we'd be interested, I mean, we're going to ask at the end of this episode what, what people suggest, but if you feel that something helps you, we're, we're interested in it. Um, so that's the kind of physical level. Look after yourself there. Um, keep yourself warm. Keep yourself comfy. Wear pajamas, whatever physical things help you. Mm -hmm. um, and then at the emotional, mental level, you also need to put some uh, work in. So what do you do for your top drop? on the emotional or mental level, sir, Fox? Um, I would say that I try not to be socially isolated. If I can yes. be surrounded with friends and warm and positive people, that is very helpful against drop. Uh, there's also the fight fire with fire approach, which is if you're dropping from play, then play again. That's interesting because I've talked about that with other subs and they really vary on that one. Some yeah. of them need a lot of time to get over it and others have that approach. We certainly seem to have that approach in that we just play and then we yeah. play and then we play. It, it is the nature of our schedule that we yeah. tend to play. I, I would say on average, probably play three to six times a week. So there's not always time to drop, you know, like it's uh, the roller coaster keeps going up and down. <laughs> um, I also find that 
I am partial to very simple low effort uh, movies and well I was gonna say TV I don't actually own the TV I watch YouTube but same same ideas uh, video content that is not very challenging and that is uh, like pleasant and fun to watch like guilty pleasure kind of TV yeah and if you um, are a book reader then an audiobook or a podcast or um, like the road podcast Yeah. 
then the more you're likely to drop. So you you say the higher you go, the harder you drop, right? Yeah, it's uh, proportional. The the intensity of the effect you, the scene is having on you and you're letting the scene have on you, I think is a good predictor of the intensity and the likelihood of the drop. Keeping in mind that some people just don't drop and that's yeah. perfectly fine. Actually, it's awesome for them. Yeah, and I would add to that. So that's the kind of physical piece. And I would also say that the intensity and connection with the other person is also something that impacts. So uh, I drop really hard with you if we do a lot of scenes and then we have some time apart. Um, if I have to go work in a different country, then it breaks a little bunny heart. <laughs> Stop it. No, I just dropped. It's just chemicals, though. Uh -huh. Just chemicals. Uh -huh. um, whereas if I'm doing well with someone casually, I, I, I wouldn't expect um, a lot of drop. So Maya, I feel that now we are much better prepared to face drop and not let it, not let it uh, keep us down for too long. For sure. And we'd love to hear um, about people's drop. So um, how does what affect you? Is your drop different um, from uh, other types of BDSM activities you do? Mm -hmm. um, what does it look like, uh, etc. Anything you can tell us about drop would be, would be really interesting. So that's all from us today at The Rope Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from, so iTunes or Stitcher or so on, and come friend us on our FetLife page, which is Rope Podcast, no space. You can also find us easily at ropepodcast.com. We love questions from listeners, so drop us a message on FET and we'll try to answer you in an upcoming episode. Thanks for listening. And have fun tying.